It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey guys, Gronk here, calling a 30-second hair huddle. When it comes to tackling hair loss, Hims has you covered. From clinically proven regrowth treatments to thickening shampoo and conditioner. Just go to 4 for a free consultation. Then a licensed medical provider can help you with your game plan. If prescribed, Hims ships directly to your door. Get your hair back in the game with Hims. Try today and get a 90-day money-back guarantee at 4 Just go to 4 slash NFL. That's 4 slash NFL. Restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information. You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can run the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL for FanRag Sports and FanSided. And you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. And you can find all of the podcast content at LockedOnPackers.com. You can find my writing at AcmePackingCompany.com and FanRag.com slash NFL. A lot to get to today because... I told you we'd have an emergency podcast if anything big happened in the Packers world. Not one, but two things happened in the Packers world. And let's start at the beginning because the tampering period started off with a lot of excitement for Packers fans because Green Bay was in on everyone. They were in on every corner and every receiver, it seemed like. They were were involved, interested, connected to everyone on the market. And then... And then Tuesday morning, it seemed like everyone was making moves except Green Bay. The Chiefs and Sammy Watkins agreed to a deal. The Bears and Allen Robinson agreed to a deal. Trey Burton to the Bears, they agreed to a deal. All of these players that the Packer fans out there wanted are going to other teams. And then the big news came down. The Packers were signing tight end Jimmy Graham to a three-year deal As of this recording, which is late Tuesday afternoon, we don't have the financial specifics of that deal. And that will determine the value of that contract. But what we're going to get to a little bit later is the corresponding move, and that was the release of Jordy Nelson. And I understand that these, these two moves taken in conjunction with one another probably leave Packer fans a little cold. Because they got the player, or one of the players, that that was certainly on a lot of Packer fan wish lists. They get the high-impact tight end, assuming that's what you think Jimmy Graham is. But they have to give up a Packers icon, a future Packers Hall of Famer, a borderline NFL Hall of Famer, to get him. And and the reality is, they didn't. And so, what what I have explained is, my guess, is the fact that they essentially are going to swap contracts... Jordy Nelson saved the Packers over $10 million on the cap in 2018. Jimmy Graham is going to sign somewhere between 8 and 10 would be my guess. And so that still leaves the Packers with 20 plus million to go out and sign an impact player. They are, as of this recording, a finalist in the Tremaine Johnson sweepstakes. So that is something for Packer fans to look forward to. And I think what what you're going to have to do is you're going to have to wait and take 
this free agency period in its totality. Because if the trade-off is Jimmy Graham, Tremaine Johnson, and Muhammad Wilkerson for Jordy Nelson, I think that's a trade the Packers fans and the team, Aaron Rodgers, etc., can get on board with. If the Packers extend Aaron Rodgers, it could save them another 10 plus even $15 million under the cap. That could be enough for two more marquee players, depending on on what the Packers want to do here. Now, obviously, we don't know what they're thinking. We don't know what 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 the plan is down the road, who they're still in on, other than by all reports and what I'm being told, they are they are going to be one of the last two teams for Tremaine Johnson. That could change in in the time that this has been recorded and, and posted and you're listening to it. And it could change literally while I'm talking. Uh, that's one of the best parts of free agency and doing this is even though uh, I, I can't be as up to date on everything because I, I can't literally be doing these once an hour and just updating you constantly is things can happen. I'm recording this live even though it's not live radio. But let's get to the the Jimmy Graham part of this for a second because I understand that there is there are some concerns about his role on this team. I I have been one of those people to express those concerns. And one of the reasons I expressed concern is because I felt like what the Packers needed was someone to was someone to threaten the middle of the field, to keep safeties deep, to threaten linebackers and not necessarily be a red zone threat. That is not a need for them. Even with Brett Hundley playing most of the games, the Packers were eighth in touchdowns per drive overall last year. In the red zone, they were sixth in points per red zone drive and third in touchdowns per red zone drive. And they had the best touchdown to field goal ratio in the league, meaning the, the, for every touchdown, how many field goals did they kick? And that's overall drives. Aaron Rodgers in particular is deadly in the red zone. The best red zone quarterback in league history. Adding Jimmy Graham makes up for what you're losing with Jordy Nelson. And just to put that in perspective, Jimmy Graham led the league in red zone touchdowns last season with 10. He had 15 red zone catches out of 24 targets, 10 for touchdowns. That was how Seattle decided to use him. At at a certain point, they're just like, you know, we, we, we don't like him as a move tight end or whatever, but they really did focus in on getting him involved in the red zone, and that is where he killed teams. He can still catch balls outside his range. He can still catch balls outside his frame, extend, and make circus grabs, some of the, the easier plays are eluding him at times. He has some concentration drops. But over the last two seasons, Jordy Nelson leads the league in red zone touchdowns. Devontae Adams is second with 14. Tied with Devontae Adams is Jimmy Graham. So if you want to talk about the, the most productive red zone talents in the league, they lose one to gain another. Whether or not that pays off for them, obviously we're going to see. Jimmy Graham is not a great blocker. I think you could see them draft a, a tight end who is a little bit more adept as a blocker, someone with a little bit more upside that can grow into the position. They'll have those threes with those three guys with Lance Kendricks, and they can play hurry up. But I think you'll also see a lot of 11 personnel, the three wide receiver sets with Jimmy Graham. I think, frankly, what you'll see a lot more of is you will see more two wide receiver, two running back sets 
with Ty Montgomery and Aaron Jones. This is this is what they can do, and this is how you can unlock Ty Montgomery. Is you put Devontae Adams out wide, you put Jimmy Graham out, out wide on the other side, and then in the slot you've got Randall Cobb and Ty Montgomery, and you got Aaron Jones in the backfield, and you can swap Aaron Jones and Ty Montgomery. You can swap Randall Cobb and and either Jones or Montgomery. You are incredibly multiple at that point. And defenses, you could run the ball, you could pass the ball, you could do all sorts of different things. And so that that could make this offense dangerous in a way we just simply haven't seen it be the way that we thought it could be with Martellus Bennett, but wasn't because Bennett not only wasn't healthy, but played horribly and then forced his way out of town. The other thing this does is now the Packers, I think, are more likely to go in and draft a receiver with one of their first two picks or trade up from the third round, get back into the second round and trade and draft one of these receivers. The move this time of year is not to sign free agent receivers. It's to sign your own receivers, the ones that you draft. But the way you add talent at receiver is through the draft. It has always been the case. Free agent receivers have a very low hit rate. Most free agents, frankly, have a very low hit rate. And so the Packers bringing in Dante Moncrief on a big deal. Marquise Lee gets almost $10 million a year to to play for, to go back to Jacksonville. Albert Wilson gets this big deal, gets over $8 million. The receiver market is totally out of whack, but Green Bay has been as good as there is in the league at finding receivers in the second round in particular. And at 45, they could have their pick of a number of different receivers, Christian Kirk, James Washington, maybe Cortland Sutton somehow falls out of the first round, DJ Moore from Maryland, the combine freak. There are, there are going to be options. This is a deep receiver class or in the fourth round, someone like Michael Gallup. There are going to be opportunities to get better at receiver. I think they like Michael Clark's talent. There was some talk. Tom Pelissero from NFL Network reported the Packers were looking at extending Randall Cobb. Part of that was to lower his cap figure. But this Jimmy Graham move is essentially a swap. Nelson out, red zone threat, and third down player. Graham in. Same set of skills. And clearly they think Graham's skill set is going to age better. And clearly, they they feel like this offense, what they need at receiver, the outside receiver spot, is more speed, is more dynamic ability. And that's just not what Jordy Nelson is anymore. We're going to talk about Jordy Nelson in just a second. But before we do, I want to remind you about our Pro Football Focus Edge giveaway. Put your name and your Twitter handle in a review of this podcast, and you'll be signed up to win our contest. What we're giving away, our Pro Football Focus Edge subscription. It's a $39.99 value. Gets you access to player grades, snap counts, position ranks, all sorts of draft coverage. There'll be free agent grades and a lot of free agent content through this process. So put your name and your Twitter handle in a review of this podcast on iTunes to enter to get behind that paywall. David Harrison here, the Locked on Washington football team podcast, celebrating with you a 21-grain salute to a less boring sandwich thanks to Dave's Killer Bread. I don't know about you guys, but when I eat pizza, I eat it for the toppings, 
not the crust. And when I eat a sandwich, it's for what's inside the bread, not for the bread. But when I throw a sandwich on 21 whole grains and seeds, thin sliced bread from Dave's Killer Bread, it is the epitome of addition by subtraction. That thin sliced bread lets me focus on what's inside the sandwich, but also adds to the sandwich with killer taste, killer texture, killer nutrition, a subtle sweetness, and a seed coated crust. Dave's Killer Bread is America's number one organic bread for a reason. It tastes so stinking good. Dave's Killer Bread is made with the highest quality organic and non-GMO ingredients and is power packed with whole grains, fiber, and protein. Visit daveskillerbread.com to learn more and look for Dave's Killer Bread in the bread aisle of your local grocery store. Hey, listen up, FanDuel Fantasy players. Your day is about to get 20% better. This is Vinny Iyer, host of Lockdown Fantasy Football here on the Lockdown Network, and I have an offer for you. Start playing fantasy this football season, and FanDuel will give you a 20% bonus on your first deposit. That's up to $500. That's a big-time bonus, and all you need to do to claim it is to make your first deposit on FanDuel. I love the fantasy contests they have on FanDuel. So many different ways to play, cash games, tournaments. I like to challenge myself there Take my fantasy football knowledge to the next level. Many different types of game formats you can pick from. Main slate, single game, best ball, snake draft, and you can even play private contests with your friends. There's an awesome slate of games on hand every single week. You can get the players that you don't have in your redraft leagues into your lineup. Try to get that big time return on investment. Every week is a new chance for you to win big at FanDuel, and that's what I love about it. Experience season-long wins without the season-long wait. Sign up today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to claim your bonus and start playing today. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Agent location restrictions apply. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires after 30 days. The question on a lot of Packer fans' minds right now is why did the Packers have to cut Jordy Nelson? Why not just restructure him? And the simple answer is Jordy Nelson was on a the last year of his contract. And the way restructuring works, it, it's not like I can just say, okay, you were on a deal that was going to have a $10 plus million cap hit. Here's a new deal sign it, and then next year you'll have a $6 million cap. It doesn't work that way. So what they would have had to do, restructuring his contract really means extending his contract. So they would have had to add a year or two and spread out the cap hit. You would lower it yearly, but he'd get his money eventually. And clearly the Packers didn't want him to play beyond this year. What they could have done is said, we're going to cut you and bring you back at a lower number. That's what they did with A.J. Hawk in 2011 after they won the Super Bowl. He came back and played for several seasons after that. But the Packers released a statement, Brian Gutekunst did, thanking Jordy Nelson for his years of service and, and his contributions to the Packer family. And basically saying, we can't wait to retire his jersey and, and put him in the Packer Hall of Fame and all of those things. He is not going to be back with the Packers in 2018. Adam Schefter reported he would like to play. So he will be somewhere else in 2018 if he indeed decides to play. Now, there's still a chance he could come back. He could go see what his market is and may not love it. And maybe his agent calls Gutekunst and says, hey, look, can we just do a one-year $5 million deal? That's what Danny Amendola just got before incentives. And maybe you add some Pro Bowl incentives, some all-pro incentives, and maybe he can get to eight or nine with the incentives. Maybe that's a deal the Packers would consider after all is said and done. But the reality is 
the Packers have decided they're moving on from Jordy Nelson. This was a great um, a great nugget that Wes from the Packers tweeted out. I'm not going to mangle his last name, Wes Hood. Jordy Nelson posted 1,250 receiving yards and 13-plus touchdown catches in the same season three times in his career. That's the fourth most in NFL history. The only three guys who did it more, Jerry Rice, Randy Moss, and Terrell Owens. Pretty incredible company. All three of those guys are either Hall of Famers or going to be Hall of Famers. Jordy Nelson, uh, we could do a whole show on the greatness of Jordy Nelson, and, and maybe he deserves that. But right now, what I want Packer fans to understand is why this happened, how it happened, and, and where they go from here. So here is, here's the reality of the situation. Nelson, his productivity plummeted without Aaron Rodgers last year. And what Packer fans will say is, but look, look, he was leading the league in touchdowns with Aaron Rodgers. Without Aaron Rodgers, he was a sub-replacement level player, basically. Nine yards a catch. That's Jarvis Landry stuff. That's slot receiver. That's t- Frankly, that's tight end stuff. Jimmy Graham averaged 9.1 yards a reception last year. Jordy Nelson averaged 9.1 yards a reception last year. So if the answer is, well, he's still really good with Aaron Rodgers, I say, okay, but doesn't Aaron Rodgers make everyone better? If the answer is he's only good with Aaron Rodgers, couldn't the Packers be paying someone a lot less to recreate 80%, 85% of his productivity? Because it's Aaron Rodgers that's making him great, not the other way around. And so what this what this set of moves does, they have to be viewed in conjunction with one another, is the Packers are saying, okay, if Jordy Nelson is just a touchdown machine and a third down security blanket, which at this point in his career, that is what he is. Let's be honest about this. Then Jimmy Graham is not really that different. I, I, I said this and I half joked on the podcast a couple weeks ago that Jordy Nelson, you know, is is producing like a tight end. If that's what you want him for, he's not worth the money that you're paying him because it's an opportunity cost. Having a tight end give you tight end numbers means you could have a receiver giving you receiver productivity. You don't want a receiver giving you tight end productivity. Do you understand the difference here? So... If you have Jimmy Graham putting up the same numbers, big touchdown numbers, third down conversions, if you have him doing that at tight end, then you can have someone at receiver doing other things, creating big plays down the field, doing things for you that a tight end can't do. The reality is Jordy Nelson just wasn't that player anymore. He was not the same dynamic guy. Even in 2016, when he had a very good season, he was, a, he was a pro bowler in 2016. A lot of that was built into the scheme because he was playing in the slot. And a lot of that was the virtuoso performances of Aaron Rodgers. Because it wasn't until the run the table that Nelson really got hot. And you know who else got hot around that same time? Aaron Rodgers. So my point overall here is that if the reason he is still a productive player is the quarterback under center, then what makes that, that is the definition of an expendable player. And that is no disrespect at all to Jordy Nelson. 
absolutely no disrespect to his career. He has been a consummate professional. He has taken less at every stop, every contract. He has played hurt. He played... He was the only guy who showed up in the NFC Championship game in 2016, played with broken ribs. And he was the only guy that looked like he had any fight in him in that game. Jordy Nelson is going to go down as the greatest Packers receiver ever. And I don't say that lightly either. All due credit to James Lofton and Antonio Freeman and Sterling Sharp and Greg Jennings and Donald Driver. And... and Don Hudson is in a league of his own. I'm thinking modern Green Bay history. I apologize. But if the Packers can bring in a more dynamic player and you're recreating what he gives you in this offense, then losing him is not a loss. And in fact, it could be a net gain because they could bring in a receiver or Geronimo Allison could improve or let's say Michael Clark takes a step forward or whatever, or Ty Montgomery becomes a bigger part of this offense, which I would be all for then it becomes something where you say, okay, I understand that this great player who has given so much to this organization deserves the respect that he gets. But for the Packers to be better than they were last year, this is the right thing to do for the franchise. I think this this essentially guarantees they're going to use a high pick on a receiver, a top 50 pick, I would not be surprised, as I said, to see them trade back into the second round or even back into the first round with all of the draft picks they've assembled. I think you could still see them sign a receiver, a low-end guy, to be a rotational piece. It sucks to see an all-time great walk out the door, and it is going to suck. Brace yourself, Packer fans. It is going to suck to see 87 in another colored jersey next year. But if you watched him with Brett Hundley and the things that he was asked to do, he can still do things in this offense. He could still have been a productive player. But at what cost? And there is also an opportunity cost to developing the next guy. Because he was, at max, going to only be effective for one or two more years. Aaron Rodgers, hopefully, is in his prime for three, four, five more years, and then has another three or four more years after that. Green Bay needs the next Jordy Nelson. They need the next Devontae Adams. They need to push this offense forward. And this, they clearly felt like, was the best way to do that. You are listening to Locked On Podcast Network, the number one local daily sports podcast network. Be sure to catch up on everything new across the NFL with Locked On NFL, and this time of year with Locked On NFL Draft. This episode is brought to you by Shell. College football is best enjoyed at home. You know, the home that has no rooms because it's a stadium of 70,000 screaming fans. But wherever you are, ESPN and Shell can take your fandom further with savings up to 15 cents per gallon for Fuel Rewards members at Shell. Welcome home, football fans. Terms and conditions apply. See FuelRewards.com slash FuelYourFandom for details. Shell is an official sponsor of ESPN College Football. ESPN, the ESPN logo, and ESPN College Football are registered trademarks of ESPN Incorporated. This episode is brought to you by Philips One by Sonicare. One-up your brushing with Philips One. This one is the ideal one for those who are still using an old-school manual toothbrush. To all those people, it's time to take your brushing one level up. The solution is a simple one. It's the perfect timing one. 
It's the long-lasting, battery-powered, or USB-rechargeable one that comes in multiple colors to match you one. The one with a subscription that delivers new brush heads for just $5. Your teeth deserve this one. Philips One by Sonicare. One-up your brushing. Learn more at philips.com one. That's P-H-I-L-I-P-S dot com slash O-N-E. All right, tomorrow we're going to have uh, another show. It'll be our typical Wednesday show. It's going to be at the end of the day. We're going to give the, the full day of free agency, and it will include Brian Gudikins, who's going to speak tonight. He will talk about the Jimmy Graham trade. I assume he'll talk about Jordy Nelson as well. You'll likely have already heard that by the time this, this goes up, but we're going to have a lot more to talk about. The Packers are in position to make some more moves. The Kirk Cousins deal sets the precedent for Aaron Rodgers. That fully guaranteed contract is going to have a ripple effect for the Packers and, and how they negotiate that Rodgers deal, but that deal is close. That deal is coming. Don't be surprised if we get a Rodgers deal by the end of the week. So that could free up some more space. There is still a scenario here, guys where the Packers come away from this with Tremaine Johnson and Muhammad Wilkerson along with Jimmy Graham. A Packers extension with Rodgers could give them the space to do that. And then some, frankly. They don't have to do that. But this makes the draft even more interesting because it puts a receiver at a higher priority. But I think it makes the next few days for the Packers even more important because they have to go out and get that big fish at corner. Or... or defensive line, or wherever it is. They have to get that player now because otherwise you don't have to give up Nelson. I under, I mean, I just I just laid out the case for you why they did and, and what those those overlapping skill sets and, and why all the reasons why it made sense for them to move on from Nelson while bringing in Jimmy Graham. But just from a, just from a PR standpoint, the fan base is on tilt right now. And they were excited about Jimmy Graham for about five minutes. And then the Jordy Nelson news came down. So I'm not saying that the, the Packers should do anything based on what, what makes the fans happy. I think that's a really dangerous way to run your organization. But I think all of the signs point toward the Packers doing everything they can to make another big move here defensively. My guess is, if I had to guess, it is Tremaine Johnson. They have zeroed in there. They're, they're going up against the Browns, former Ted Thompson protege, and the Raiders, another Ted Thompson protege. So it's not surprising that this is the group of teams going after a, a similar player. Obviously, there's some shared traits here, but the Packers, this, this amps up the pressure on them to get that player because they don't have a lot of options left. The corners have all been signed now, at least the impact players. Aaron Colvin is gone. Malcolm Butler is gone. Tremaine Johnson is the guy. And they need to get him. Because they need another corner. They can't go into the next season with just Kevin King as a preferred starter. That's just not good enough. I mean, they can bring back Devon House, and that, and that is what it is. But then they don't have anyone to play in the slot. Unless they think it's Lindsey Pipkins. I don't think that's the, that's the way to do this. So, there's a lot more. This free agency, again... This, this podcast is just about the moves today. I think they are definitely able to be viewed in conjunction with one another as one move. They are a one-for-one one trade in a lot of ways. But 
this free agency period has to be viewed in its totality and we just aren't there yet. So take some deep breaths and let's let the process play out as we go through this. I'll see you tomorrow. We're gonna have a lot more to discuss. Keep following on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Keep those Twitter fingers ready and always stay Locked on Packers.